welcome in everyone to the Chasing Trails podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Thompson. I'm here with Jeff LeBlanc, and uh, we are thrilled to have you with us as we hit episode seven of season one. And uh, so far, it has been a a wet and muggy summer. It's been a hard summer for trail running. But Jeff, how are you holding up with all this nasty weather? Oh man, it's it's been muggy and humid here in Fredericton. Um, there's been no relief, and I won't say that I'm holding up well. You know, I've been <laughs> I've been slacking a little. Um, I've been hitting the treadmill more than I should, and so. You know, I try not to, I've been cranky about it, actually. So I'm sure my whole family has noticed this, you know, running for me has become my, my ability to stay sane in some ways. And so when I don't do it the right way, or what I perceive is the right way right now, it tends to wane on me a little bit. So the treadmill has waned on me, because I want to be outside. When I step out that door, man, I don't want to be outside anymore. And so I think the lack of vitamin D in a little bit, like a seasonal depression, depression is supposed to be over, but I, yeah. I feel like it just came back for me because I've been inside for like <laughs> since the starting in July. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't appreciate the treadmill as much as I do in the wintertime. In the wintertime, I love the treadmill because it's cold outside, but I just want to be outside right now. So anyway, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm doing it. I'm still sticking with it because of course I'm staring down the barrel of loony loops. And so something we need to talk more about, but also I need to train more for. Um, and so I know the treadmill's not helping me with that necessarily, but, uh, I'm at least getting the minimum in. And so I shoot for 50 miles every month uh, to get my Garmin badge. Mm-hmm. Those of you who have a Garmin, you'll understand what that means. I have a Garmin uh, tracker and a badge for 50 miles a month. And so I'm right about halfway on the badge and we're halfway through the month. So I've done the minimum. <laughs> so I can't allow that to continue all the way through to Looney Loops. But uh, I got to find a way to get motivated to get out on the trail for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was the same kind of same boat as you. Um, I found like the weather has just been so demotivating, um, to try and get out. And so I did go to the gym here, I think two days ago and got my, uh, got my run in and got, uh, some leg, leg exercises in. And I got to tell you, Jeff, I don't know about you. Actually, you're probably not, you don't feel this as much as me, but I can, I was trying to put some stuff away in the kitchen today and like bending, like squatting to get down to the next level was like excruciating. I was like, Oh my goodness. I was doing all these goblet squats and I was doing these like Bulgarian lunges and reverse lunges and box jumps and calf raises. And like my legs are, I even tried to do like a shakeout walk today to try and get them a little bit looser and it is just painful. I got like the dad groan, you know, when you're bending over, <laughs> oh, you know, I've got, I've totally got the dad groan now. And uh, it's just like my legs just hate me so much. Yeah. If you don't do leg day on a regular basis, you definitely feel it. I, I remember when, uh, when the gym first closed, now they say dad groan, it brought back a memory. Um, <laughs> and I started this like calisthenics style weight program and the first workout, I had to do 300 air squats. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I hadn't been squatting, like, at all. At that point when I was in the gym, it was like, you know, hadn't really gotten into a good weight routine for lifting weights. And uh, I went and did 300 air squats, and I could barely get out of bed the next morning. Like, my legs were completely fried. Yeah. So I know where you're at. You just got to stick to those leg days, man. Make them regular. Once That's a week, right. twice a week. Tuesdays, right. Thursdays should do leg day. 
Well, that's part of my uh, like my new training regimen because I'm trying to get a little bit stronger so I can handle the dist- the longer distances. And so uh, doing them after you run seems to be the best kind of plan because then you don't sabotage the next running day, which is tomorrow. So I hope I, I hope I recover in time to do it tomorrow. So either way, I got to make it work, but um, it'll uh, it'll just be less less of me complaining down the road if I, uh, if they start to feel better. But uh, uh, anyway, speaking of Looney Loops, that's coming right up though. It's our, it's our big race. You've got the 50 K plans. I've got the 40 K plans. Um, how are you doing with your training so far? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's okay. I, I've been putting some, uh, some thought process into uh, my nutrition plan and, and how much, uh, my, how much liquid carbs and I'm, I'm going to take in and, and what we're going to do. And I've had a few proposals or a few, a few discussions around someone helping me out. Uh, no, no contracts have been signed as of yet, mm-hmm. uh, but there has been some interest in some people who have uh, reached out and, and encouragement. And, uh, and so that's been good. That's awesome. Been good, so. The 50k proposal. Yeah. So there's still room to get your proposal in everyone who's listening. Uh, help Jeff reach his 50k goal. It could be worth your while. Uh, he'll make it worth your while. So we're excited to see that, and uh, everything's going well with the family. Yeah, it's going good, man. Uh, we got two kids at camp this week, so it should feel like an easy week. But uh, somehow, it's felt uh, just as hard as it always is. Yeah, that's right. With two kids left. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was. It's been interesting for me because I'm on vacation, and uh, my oldest daughter has a summer job, just like a part time uh, summer job, and. Uh, it starts at seven o'clock in the morning. So I have to get up earlier on vacation right now than I ever did going to work uh, to get her to her job, but she's doing so fantastic. I don't want to discourage her. So I've been uh, trying to, to be, get up with a, a grin on and trying to, to get her to her job, but it's been, uh, <laughs> it's been a bit of a battle for both of us, I think, to get up at that time. But yeah, it's, it's got to be interesting considering you work like five minutes walk, right? maybe, maybe longer walk, a two minute drive from your house. So like for yeah. you to get to work is like nothing, but you got to oh, yeah. drive out to the middle of nowhere to get your daughter to, yeah. to her place of employment currently. That's right. telling me she's been working hard, making some money. Mm-hmm. Is she like the type that's going to blow it all on like a couple nice items of clothing like we used to, you know, a pair of sunglasses and a hoodie or like is she going to spread that out for for you know months to come? Yeah, she's definitely better with her money than you and I were at her age uh because I mean, it would take us like one hat or one pair of sunglasses uh and a good candy store and I'm broke. My, all, like, right. all my summer wages are gone. Uh, but she uh, she's definitely more careful with her money because uh, she realizes how hard she had to work for it. Um, and I think that that makes a difference. Unlike you and I, who are just big spenders. Uh, right, I, I believe that continues I, to this day. I think it does. I, I remember when we worked together at camp and we first got our first key to the tuck shop. That might have been the worst financial decision we ever had. We both had a key to that place. And you could just go in and get food and pop and chocolate milk and and what were those drinks with the little floaty things in it? Oh yeah, it was uh, Orbits. Do you Orbits. Those Orbits? Were, those were good, man. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, those were, I drank way too many of those. And that iced tea, Star or something. Anyway, oh, uh, in the glass bottle, super popular glass bottle iced tea drink. Oh, I can All the see different it. had a whole bunch of different flavors. If anyone out there knows what we're talking about from the early 2000s uh, in, in the glass bottle, 
um, let us know. Remind, oh. Tell us on Instagram because I can't remember what they're called, and I just I remember drinking so many Snapple. of them. Snapple. It was Snapple. Snapple. That's it. That's, That's what it was. <laughs> okay, you don't need to tell us anymore. It was Snapple, and we drank so many of those. Scratch that and then Snapple. I, yeah, yeah. And then I fell in love with Oakleys, and then my summer money was gone. It's like food and Oakleys. That's oh it. man, yeah. Well, that uh, that's a nice little segue into our discussion for this <laughs> for this month because that's right. Later on, yeah. yeah, later on in this episode, I mean, because we are we are going to be talking about what uh, what Jeff lovingly refers to as the nutrition Rubik's cube. Um, and so today we're going to be just spending a little bit more time uh, talking about our favorite subject, and that's ourselves. And so we'll be talking about ourselves a little bit. <laughs> Ourselves and food. That's right. The two best and things. Food, man, because this is the best episode for us. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, just kind of our own struggles, how we deal with it. And I mean, if you're listening to this podcast for some really great solutions on how to manage your weight and how to exercise and be healthy, this is not the podcast for you. Uh, because right. we will not have any solutions, no. but if you, no, but do, if you like to commiserate in, in pain and suffering, then this, this is your show, man. Yeah, that's right. If you like to, if you want to whine and complain and, and hear people do that as well, you have signed up for the right uh, episode. We're going to keep the whining to a minimum though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, you might, I, I'll probably, <laughs> Uh, it'll be, it'll be a, an episode where we just kind of share some of our own struggles, kind of what we're trying to do to work through them. But it's not like we don't have any answers. We just don't know if they work yet because we're currently yeah. still on that journey. Um, but we are, uh, looking forward to just having a, just a more candid discussion about kind of what we've gone through and, and why we, why we struggle. And maybe there are the reasons why you struggle too. So uh, misery loves company. That's kind of what we're planning on with this episode today. But uh, Jeffrey, it feels like I just saw you, though. It feels like we were we we just spent the weekend together. Yeah, it's uh, like we just spent like over forty eight hours together. That's right. Yeah, um, our uh, our wives and our families were kind enough to ship us off to Mount Carlton Provincial Park. Uh, we had a couple of buddies come with us, and uh, we spent. Uh, the weekend, just exploring uh, the park and climbing, uh, which uh, is known as the tallest point in Atlantic Canada. For those of you who are listening, who aren't from Atlantic Canada, Mount Carlton is the highest peak in in the Maritimes. And so we thought, hey, let's, let's spend some time there and check it out and climb it. A couple of our friends had never been there and never climbed it. Jeff and I have done it a couple of times already. And, uh, so it was a chance for us just to kind of hang out. Now, the only problem was we had awful weather. We had literally maybe, and I'd say like an hour, two hours of weather that was clear. Would you say Jeff? Yeah. And, and by clear, what he means is the sky got a little less gray. That's right, you know, yeah. I don't know that we saw any blue, any blue at all. Yeah. Maybe no. the sun came out for a few seconds between clouds, but like, it was gray and muggy and yeah. hot the whole time. Our cottage, it? man, that thing did not cool off even at nighttime. No, I don't know how it's possible to have no sun and yet still be sweltering hot. Like it was just so hot. Yeah. Um, and so we we just kind of tried to do our best to stay cool. And so we decided to go up the mountain um, early in the morning. 
And so we, I think we were out the door by seven thirty or or somewhere around there, eight o'clock maybe. And yeah. I got to the trailhead and started up, and and we started off kind of rocky. Like the the beginning of the trip was a little rocky uh, because we, being the great explorers that we are, the heart of adventure that beats within us, decided to not take the well-marked trail that would lead us up to the, up to the top of the mountain. We decided, Hey, there must be another trail that looks kind of sketchy. It's got some trees falling down on it, but Hey, this must be it. And so we took that, which eventually just led us to the trail that was where we originally were. So like this, like this podcast, Brandon, you know, had the plan that we'd take the well-marked path and I, he's trying to be gracious here. And I said, no path is over here. That's a shortcut. We're not doing the shortcut. And in my defense, five years ago or six years ago, when we hiked it as a family, that is where the path started, where mm-hmm. I started us off. But clearly no one had been through that path since my family and friends took it. Back when, <laughs> when my, my one of my kids were three and she hiked the mountain herself all the way up and she did a great job. So if you're a family looking for an adventure, it's even family friendly. But take the path at the back of the parking lot that's marked. It's a shortcut, but... It's only shorter by like maybe 300 meters. Right. <laughs> it's really not much difference. But if you want to do the whole thing, you go around the corner to the unmarked path and crawl through the trees that have fallen down and you'll be there. That's right. You won't get the badge unless you do the part where you have to climb over rotten trees and all that kind of stuff. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we, we were kind of maybe a third of the way up the, the mountain, maybe halfway up the mountain. And all of a sudden the thunder and the lightning starts and the rain begins to pour, pour down. And uh, not a light rain, not a drizzle, but like big goblets of water were falling right. down on us. And that made going up the hill a little less enjoyable. Would you say, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of refreshing because it was really muggy. Mm-hmm. But to the point, it rained so hard to give you a picture of what we were were looking at as far as the rain goes. Like I was scared to take my iPhone out of the waterproof case that I had put it in because it was raining so hard. And I know it's supposed to be waterproof, but like this was a rain that was drenching within seconds. It was torrential, torrential, torrential. And we were walking up a small brook probably could be defined as a river almost because the entire trail from side to side of the trail where, where the beaten path was, was now rushing water. Um, and that's not even an exaggeration. Like it was up over the ankles of your feet. It so within, was, within yeah. minutes, within minutes, you had whatever that is, three inches of water uh, rushing down a trail coming down from the top of a mountain. And yeah. uh, it made things slippery. And it certainly was frustrating to have wet feet uh, yep. for the rest of the climb. But yep. we did yep. make it. It made me so thrilled that I had a big hole in my hiking shoes. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> to, to just make like this natural like channel to just r- rush right through my foot. And it felt right. like I was just getting like a, a water massage, you know, like it was just kind of like cushioning my wa- my foot in water and then gushing out the back of my heel. So it was really just this, it was like walking on a waterbed is what it felt yeah. like. So you're telling me the duct tape didn't hold up. No, no. Uh, thank you, Saucony Peregrines. Uh, but uh, 
not a sponsor. Um, but we're gonna uh, have to change the title of this podcast to "Brandon Hates Sockety" before right. long because it's every episode almost now. I know, but but I don't hate them. I love them so much. But this has just been like the bane of my existence over the last right. six months has been these stupid trail running shoes. So you, you know the fact that when we got to the top, you sat down in a little hut and took your shoes off and wrung out your socks makes right. even less sense to me now. I mean, yes. I was questioning it when you guys like, and you weren't the only one. Everyone no. did it except for me. But I was like, what are these guys doing? They're wringing out their socks. It's going to be just as wet on the way down as it was on the way up or pretty close. Yep. Their feet are going to be soaked in seconds. And even yep. for you, you had a hole in your shoe. So it's even less worth it. I know. And I and I didn't really think about it until I did it. But it, it did feel good after I put my sock back on. But it was literally wet again in seconds. Like it was just seconds right. of, of relief. But um yeah so we get to the top of this highest peak and they've like like jeff mentioned there's this this cool little uh like forest fire lookout uh cabin i don't even know if it's a cabin you can call it but just like a little shelter kind of thing and the views from there are phenomenal but not on our day not on our day at all it was so foggy you couldn't even see like the tree line at the bottom of like the at the top of the mountain you couldn't see anything like you literally couldn't see anything and so on our way back down uh we couldn't even find the trail that took you to the the easy way down the front down the front of the mountain like we literally like were traversing like one one end of the mountaintop to the other i I imagine if they saw our gps like it would be so funny because it would just be like going (laughs) all the way across the top of it like we'd found paths that led to nowhere they just yeah, led, to, led to the yeah. end and there, that was it. It was gone. And uh, it would disappear into the bush until finally we had to backtrack. And this is in the rain and get back to uh, the top. And eventually Jeff spotted it and it led the way. Yeah. Um, in our defense, if, if it hadn't been so foggy, you could stand on the, uh, the lookout from, from the little cabin that's up there and literally see the trailhead at the other end and where it goes into the woods. Cause this, the way down we went, it's basically a snowmobile trail. So it's wide and you can see it, but because you couldn't see any further than like five feet in front of your face with the fog, you couldn't see that. So you just kind of had to walk along and boulder over rocks and hope for the best. So, <laughs> so anyway, it was quite the adventure. We ended up having a great time anyway, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, do it again sometime, but uh, we can't recommend Mount Carlton enough. It's a great spot. Yeah. And and as we, we did go with some guys who weren't into trail running, really, and actually were uh, threatening not to come if we did do trail running. Um, but we did uh, we were we were talking and, and saying along the way that you, this is probably a nice little trail that you could do some running on going up the hill. Like there are spots where you're going to have to climb like bouldering and that kind of stuff. But there were some runnable stretches and obviously the way down, um, there's like a snowmobile track that we took down and that was very runnable and uh had some great spots too so if you're looking to do some uh climbing there that's a great spot to do some some training too so we can't recommend that highly enough and if you get bored of training you can go to their new lodge where they have a coffee shop they sell americanos regular coffee a really nice maple maple uh latte Uh, and when it's raining you can spend a fair bit of time in there with wi-fi and uh, play card games with your friends. When it's, That's right. You know, when it's really raining hard. So, yeah, uh, we played a game called Wizard a lot, and it's a great card game, a lot of fun. One of our friends didn't win at all, which was great. Made the weekend that much better. <laughs> yeah, we have a very competitive friend who basically wins 
every game that you play with him and he's very good at games. Uh, but yet this was not his weekend. And wizard is one of those games. If you don't know what it is, it's a card game where you have to bid on taking tricks and winning those and you get points and lose points based on the outcomes. And, uh, it was just so fun. It's a game where you can really make friends or enemies uh, and even do both at the same time. Uh, so it's just a, a fun game to play. So we can't recommend the game Wizard uh, enough. It was a, it's, a real, uh, it's a real good time. Some of us made enemies really quickly. And I'll let you guess which one that is. That's right. It was a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I had a great time playing that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, but we also were able to uh, – we, we ate really well. Uh, probably ate more junk food than we have in a long time, at least for me anyway. Um, but it really kind of gives a good segue to kind of what we want to talk about for the rest of the episode today. And that's really just – um, our, our own little journeys with food and how the struggle is so real, um, as guys who are in their forties, uh, where all your physical attributes are starting to go on the decline and yet you still want to be active. You still want to eat healthy. You still want to do all those things. Um, and so what we wanted to do today was just spend some time talking about how it can be a real challenge um, to navigate those things and what are some of the causes, what are some of the challenges, how we're trying to deal with those things. And, and so we're just going to probably be a little bit more personal uh, in this discussion than we, we have been up to this point. Um, and so we've been talking about really, uh, Jeff, I don't know about you, but I got into running for two reasons. Uh, trail running in particular, I got into for two reasons. One is to deal with stress and the second was to lose weight. Um, and so I don't even know if if trail running is the right exercise to lose weight um, because it seems like when I trail run, I just want to eat more uh, because you do need to eat more uh, because you're you're exercising a lot more. So um, are those some of the reasons you got into it too? Yeah, yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that. So, you know, for those who don't know me, and this is where we don't want to offend anyone. We want right. to make sure everyone knows we're not professionals. We're just telling our own story. And some of the things we say, don't take them as, you know, the Bible or fact, uh, because, you know, you change over time and you become a different person. And I feel like running has really changed, you know, almost who I am as an individual in some ways. And so you mentioned stress and, you know, five or six years ago, you know, I'd have been that guy who said, like, you know, stress isn't real. You just let it bother you. It's a crutch, you know, or, you know, depression or mental health is just a, something, you know, figment of people's imagination. And most people could probably be fine. And, and there's a very small percentage of people who, you know, who are depressed, who actually are. They're just, it's just a crutch. And so, you know, and then I was also that guy that would sit in his basement and watch the Leafs and ponder, like, is life even really worth living? And so, you know, that's easy to do when you watch the Leafs. Right. But it was that, 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 right? was that just life? Like, is that just watching right? the Leafs or is that well, it life? Wasn't, yeah. It wasn't life, right? Like, you know, we moved back from Ottawa and kind of put life on cruise control, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it was so easy. I mean, and that's one of the things, like, it's funny that now I recognize that really at that time when I was at my heaviest and I was a big guy and I wasn't happy with who I was or what I looked like or – anything a lot of it boiled down to really probably seasonal depression or depression i'm not a clinical therapist i have no idea what it was but i could notice such a difference in my life and in my attitude now that i'm more physically active and outside more and doing those things 
um, that then you look back and you're like, wow, like I really was somewhat depressed in life back then. Mm-hmm. And you didn't notice it or even recognize it uh, until you realize the difference that having a more healthy, active lifestyle can, can have. And so that was one of the big reasons for me. It was I didn't like being who I was anymore. So I don't know what you call that. I, don't, I wouldn't call it stress. I don't necessarily have a stressful life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really what drove me towards making changes and getting into a different lifestyle and trying to run because I hated running. I always said I would never run. And I know we've talked about some of these things briefly uh, in previous episodes, but we never really broke them down and talked about them. And so that was the guy that I was. I hated running, but I also hated, you know, kind of who I'd become in the the guy that could barely tie his shoe and uh, couldn't go up a flight of stairs without, you know, losing his breath. Couldn't play with his kids, that's for sure. Walk around the block was, like, super difficult. Yeah. And uh, I just got to the point where it also started getting weak and, you know, would go out to to work and or, you know, a job somewhere, not my actual profession, but helping someone do something and wouldn't be able to, like, you know, lift a bale of shingles like I used to be able to or whatever it was. So I definitely started noticing those things, and that's what kind of got me realizing I needed to get to the get to the gym. Mm. And so for me, that was a big part of it. So I don't, wouldn't call it stress necessarily, but same type of motivation. And, uh, and yeah. I knew I had to make a change in life and, and what I was focusing my time on. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. for me, that's what drove me to, to that, to running. Yeah. I know for me, I, I had like a season where I was really burnt out and it was like leading to all sorts of like mental problems. And I remember just saying, having a conversation with my doctor and they wanted to put me on some medicine or whatever. And so I started like really contemplating that and what that meant. And I remember just going out for a run and, and I can't remember if I was reading about it or if I was having a conversation with someone else around the same time. And they were just talking about how the, the mental effects of physical activity, like strong, um, it has to be really intense, uh, physical activity. Like it has to be, there has to be some effort into it, um, has the same kind of effects as, a lot of the chemistry that comes from a, a pill. And so I remember running with someone and I said, yeah, it's either running on trails or taking pills. I mean, so what's it going to be? And so for me, that was kind of the way I was like, I'm not going to, not that there's anything wrong with taking medications. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, I think it's essential for a lot of people. But for me at that stage, it was just like, I don't, I don't think I'm there yet. I don't think I need this. Um, so I can try and fight this with physical activity. And so that was kind of the, big onus for me. And so when you talk about getting cranky after not going for a run after a couple of, (laughs) a couple of days or whatever, I was like, Oh man, you're, you are telling my story. Uh, you must've been reading my mail because that's exactly, uh, what happens to me. And, and you just start to feel like a antsiness and you feel a unsettledness, I guess is my, maybe the right word. Um, and so it, it really, it really helps with a lot of those, uh, things that happen between the ears. And so just trying to address some of those things has been super helpful for me. And, and even just as we, as we start, started this podcast, um, really it's been a chance for us just to learn more. Really. Uh, I think it's been kind of just a platform for discussion. Um, if, if we want to use that, that loaded term platform, but it really is just a chance for us to talk about, some of the things that we have questions about and some of the things that we struggle with, but also to be able to invite people to come on and really help us and, and encourage people and encourage listeners. And 
I think that's been kind of a big thrust and the motivation behind this. And, and just to hear people respond in the way that they have has been, has been encouraging to say, at least we're on the right track towards some of those things. Um, and, and so it's been a, it's been a chance for us to not have all the answers, but to be able to facilitate conversation. I think that's what yeah, I'm trying for sure. to say. Yeah. When you asked me to do this podcast, one of the first things I asked myself was like, one, what am I going to get out of it? And two, what can we provide someone else? Right. And so I certainly get accountability, which I need in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. I mentioned being a fraudcaster because, <laughs> well, it helps, you know, I mean, I'm going to get on this podcast to talk about living a healthy lifestyle and, exercising and trail running. And if I haven't done that all week, um, you know, it kind of, it's kind of hard to talk about it, but we all have ups and ups and downs and valleys and, and uh, you know, you can't stop living life. Right. So we get yeah. that. Um, but then the other thing too, like, you know, there's some entertainment value to it. Um, but learning ab- about what I don't already know, you know, is, is a big, a big thing. And for me, like, I don't know about you, but when I, when I first started down the road of trying to lose weight and, and using running to do it, I think you already mentioned it. Like it just makes you want to eat. So I, you know, I don't know about you, but did you, did you find when you first started running uh, and trying to lose weight together, they developed some unhealthy relationships with food? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely started uh, trying to avoid uh, certain foods. And I'll tell you one story. This is where, this is kind of where I felt like it was a breaking point for me. So like keto was such a huge, big deal for a long time. Like, and it still is to a certain degree, like low carb, high fat diets or whatever. And, uh, so I decided to go try low carb and this didn't last very long. I didn't even get past (laughs) the part where you are, uh, like you get, you know, you get like really angry and fuzzy and stuff like that after you started. They call it the keto flu. Yeah, that's right. So I was, I was in that stage. And I was backing out of our driveway and one of my daughters was like trying to get in the car or trying to get out of the car or something like that. And I almost ran her over and I, and I was, it really scared me and I was really upset and I lost it. Like I lost it. I couldn't even yell as hard as I did that then as I can now, like I, I, I didn't know where it all came from, but it was obviously from what I was not eating and I just ripped like a hole. I was just so yelling so hard and she went back in the house and I had to put the car in park and we're trying to get the kids to school and everything. And the whole neighborhood is just hearing me yell at my daughter as she's walking to the house. And I was just like, Oh my goodness, what is going on with me right now? I don't even understand where all this came from. And uh, it was definitely what I was eating. So I, I, I'm not eating and I wasn't getting enough of anything. And so I just was like, okay, I got to make a change here because I can't, I can't handle that. And, uh, it was just the most embarrassing and like, (laughs) like worst parenting moment I think I've had with that child up to date. It's funny how food affects you like that. eh? like, I don't know how looking back, how I even survived the large portion of my life because, you know, my mom always fed us really well, tried her best to, to feed us healthy food and cook from home. We didn't take out a lot. We did a lot of homemade breads and, and uh, homemade food all the time. And then when I left the house, man, like I lived most of my life, not eating breakfast, not eating lunch, 
and maybe having, you know, a double double in the morning and a double double in the afternoon and, and basically starving myself and thinking that, you know, I don't understand why I'm such a big guy and mm-hmm. just basically ingesting sugar. And then I would go home at night or go out with my buddies and just gorge myself with, you know, with food. I remember going to the, the pump house at Moncton and just like sitting down and ordering, you know, two uh, chicken pizzas, barbecue chicken pizzas and a full Caesar salad <laughs> and, you know, and thinking like, well, it's my only meal of the day. It can't be that bad. Right. right? Yeah. So, and I lived most of my life like that. I never really had a great relationship with food. And then it's funny. You think, okay, you're going to turn the corner and you're going to start, you know, something clicks in your life. And for me, it was like a picture of me and my daughter. And I looked at that picture and I was like, man, I don't have a neck anymore. Like I am a huge man. And, uh, and of course the realization that I was having struggles tying my shoes and stuff and a doctor who told me I needed to make some changes, but you think then you're going to flip the switch and just instantly become healthy, but, mm-hmm. but you don't because the way of dealing with some of those poor relationships with food is to not eat them. Right. right? And so you start going to the gym and, and you think, well, I need to, you know, you have to eat protein. And so you, you eat, you, you take a protein shake, but really I mean, if that's all you eat in the morning for breakfast and then you go put in a, you know, an hour run and a, and a hard weightlifting session, like you've really not fueled your body properly. Mm-hmm. And, and we tried it all. Like when I first started out, I did the whole 30 and, you know, so that whole program where you only eat certain foods, there's no alcohol, there's no, you know, certain kinds of carbs are cut out. It's more like a paleo diet. Then we went and did paleo. Then we did keto, you know, and just tried so many things. And, uh, up until recently, um, you know, it was one of those things like when I started doing Ironman training, I started watching a lot of things on YouTube and reading, listening to podcasts and trying to learn. And the concept of food being, you know, real whole food is what fuels you and what gives you the energy to do things. That concept was so foreign to me, even though it shouldn't have been like I should have known that from from my childhood, you know, mm-hmm. living whatever. But, you know, for some reason. I spent two and a half years working out, basically starving myself. And yeah, Mm. I lost a ton of weight real fast, but um, I didn't eat properly. And, uh, you know, I would, if I knew I was going out one night with friends, like I wouldn't eat all day, I'd save up the calories because I started tracking my calories to the point of like weighing everything and using my fitness pal to just track as many calories as I could. And I knew I was going for wings. So I would like not eat. Of course, then I would go for wings and eat like, three dozen so like you know like like that really helped right at the end of the day um you know so now i'm at a point where i call it the rubik's cube uh because i'm still trying to figure out that pain of running like you said that being really hungry Mm -hmm. uh and what causes me to eat and eat poorly or not eat or whatever and generally stress or mood but you know really the effects of that is has is long lasting as far as trying to figure out you know what we should be eating and shouldn't be eating and how we eat. And so yeah. I don't know really where I'm going with that, but it's, that's been my big struggle for the yeah. last like couple of years um, after losing a bunch of weight and then putting a little bit on because I am feeding myself better yeah. uh, in some ways, not good, better, just a lot more, <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of, in a lot of ways better, um, you know, where I'm actually not cutting out whole food groups of macronutrients from my diet. Right. Yeah, and I think that we just got to find that good balance, <clears throat> and it makes sense, right, to be there. But do yeah. you just do you find you lose more weight when you run, or do you, do you find it the bigger a bigger challenge too? I actually find it harder to um, lose weight when I'm running, um, because I find like 
I can't, I can't seem to s- discover that balance between what's a craving um, and what's like necessary eating. Um, and maybe I just didn't eat enough or may, or my craving, craving things. And like, I have like with my job, I just have kind of like low grade stress all the time. And so I'm just trying to figure out like what is stress eating and what is regular eating. And, uh, it's so like, I, I don't know about you, but I can always tell, uh, something's going on in my life when I just start eating carbs, like carbs, carbs, carbs all the time. I just want to get home. I want to eat pretzels. I want to eat crackers. I want to eat cookies. I want to eat things that I don't even like, but are like these comfort foods, I think is what they would describe them as, um, you know, that, that you just kind of snack trying to ease some sort of like feeling that you have that you're, you're hungry, but it's, uh, it's like just stress eating I find is like one of my biggest triggers and I can't seem to be able to turn that off. Like there's nothing satisfying about eating a carrot stick while you're, while you're stressed. <laughs> so true. You're right. In pre-running, you know, eating was like my escape, right? You yeah. hear people talk about and like Sarah talked about in her last, uh, you know, in her last interview that we just did and released and she talked about how running was her escape. Uh, for me, food was like, that was my escape. Like when I was stressed out, I'd just stop and get a 12 inch pizza and eat the whole thing. Like that was, you know, and I felt horrible afterwards all the, like always, um, you know, or if I'm, I'm just, you know, not feeling good about myself or I'm angry because I didn't work out enough that week. Like I tend to then get to a comfort food where it always ends up lining up with when one of my kids will make a triple batch of cookies too, right? (laughs) It's like these chocolate chip cookies sitting on the counter. I'll eat a dozen of them between seven and nine o'clock and then be like, what am I doing? Like, I don't even realize it. And it's already too late. Like I ate a dozen of those cookies just because I'm a little bit stressed out and you just run back to it. Right. And, uh, so that's kind of the crazy part. It's such a hard thing to break when you're, when you're used to just that being for such a long period of your life, your, your escape from stress or from just for comfort or whatever it might be, you know, and there's certain events you find what, what events trigger that for you. Like for me watching a hockey game and having a beer, like I just, and I do that often, uh, sitting there and again, maybe it's the Leafs that are depressing. And so it drives me to it even more. Um, but you know, like I just, I just can't, I just have to have something like chips or, and I'll eat the whole bag. It makes no sense. Or my wife will come and take it from me and I'll get angry at her. Like, what are you doing? She's like, well, you're going to eat the whole bag. I'm like, well, you're trying to help me, but don't, take it from me um you know so those family events too are hard because there's always so much food around right yeah so for me i I was thinking too like um i think one of the greatest gifts i have is a is a wonderful wife who knows how to bake really well and cook really well and so so often i'm like you will have so many treats on the counter and she'll she'll always say to me, she's like, these aren't for you. These aren't for you. Stop eating them. They're not for you. They're for like kids' lunches or whatever. And I'm like, yoink, yoink, you know, like just taking <laughs> cookie after cookie. And uh, I'll even like sometimes I'll even wake up at like 2.30 in the morning and I will go get go out into the, onto the counter and get something to eat. And I'm like, this is so bad for me. Like, why am I eating? Why am I awake right now? And why am I eating while I'm awake? But uh, it's so <laughs> stupid. But it's one of those things I'm like, it's, it's just because, uh, you know, you wake up from whatever, but, um, to answer your question, I think for me, it's mostly, I get home from work. So I'll get home from work and then I like, it's just before supper time and it's not supper time yet. I try and hold off as best I can, but while I'm making supper, 
I'll have like side snacks, I call them. Like you just go and eat that, cook a little bit more, eat that or whatever. Um, so that's a big, a big trigger for me. Um, yeah, just having access. It's always access. If I know something's there, then I'm probably going to try and eat it at some point in time. I don't find I'm a big like snacker around like TV shows and stuff like that. It'll just be, uh, usually at certain times of the day that I find like I need something like nine o'clock cereal is a real deal for me. Like I'll have a bowl of cereal at nine o'clock at night without fail. Like it's just feels nice to have a little shreddies or whatever. Um, nothing usually too bad either, but most of the time it's Cheerios or shreddies. And then, uh, that's kind of like a tradition for me is nine o'clock cereal. But, um, that's probably not the best thing to eat before you go to bed. Have you ever heard of magic spoon? No. What's that? That's like a protein based cereal that has fruit loops and different cocoa puffs and like different kinds, but they're like uh, lower carb, higher protein. What? And uh, so you see, you see a lot of, a lot, I've seen a lot of YouTubers who like you, I've never been a thing for me. I'm not a big cereal guy. I kind of yeah. don't really like cereal, but um who have like a nighttime cereal and then they'll talk of, you'll see them pour in a box of magic spoon. I'm sure they're sponsored, but anyway, oh. that's what they switch to because they're bodybuilding or whatever. And they'd like to get that last bit of protein in before bed. So, you know, you hear people talk about, or you, if you watch any bodybuilding stuff, you'll, you'll hear people talk about having protein before bed so that it processes slow casein protein, for example, helps rebuild your muscles overnight because it's a slower digesting protein. And so uh, I do watch a lot of YouTube and a lot of it's uh, <laughs> bodybuilder stuff. So that's why I, it sounds like I know what I'm talking about, but it's not my information. It's right. from someone else. Um, and so, yeah, so that's the uh, the big thing. So you should look it up on Amazon. Yes, called Magic man. Spoon. Magic Spoon. I, when we were away this weekend, you had Fruit Loops. And I was thinking, geez, if he could have some Magic Spoon, it wouldn't even be full of sugar. Right? It would just be, just be Fruit Loop flavored. Right? Fruit, Loops, Fruit Loops is my favorite cereal. Uh, I only have it on Christmas day and on special occasions. So we went away. And so that was like kind of a special treat for me. So I was, so when I sat down, I was like, Oh, it's Christmas morning. I'm having fruit loops. So, <laughs> Christmas um, morning at Mo Carlton in the rain. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So yeah, they're, they're basically the same day. Um, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, yeah. So some, some sort of magic spoon, I'll have to give that a try. But as, as yeah. it comes to like trying to navigate your way through it, Jeff, um, I think when we think about how we develop that poor relationship with food, like whether that's stress or whether that's, you know, uh, poor decision-making or, or whatever availability, like just sitting down and eating a whole bag instead of having a bowl, because like they always talk about moderation, right? Like there's, it's, it's, it's everything's in moderation, but um, for me, I don't seem to have any kind of off switch when it comes to snack foods. It's just like all or nothing or, like I can't seem to only have a little bit. Um, how, do you have, have you figured out how to deal with like moderation and availability or are you still trying to figure that part out too? No, I mean, definitely still trying to figure it out. It's a conundrum. One thing I've realized that like I, when I was trying to lose weight and I mean, I still am. And so I, I kind of cut out a lot of rich dairy out of my diet. And when I was young, as I'm told now from my parents, cause this was like a new revelation to me that I'm lactose intolerant, but apparently I, I ignored it my whole life because I <laughs> loved cheese and pizza and ice cream. 
And I just thought, like, you know, like, that was normal to have, you know, severe cramps after an ice cream or something. I just ignored it. But I cut it out of my diet almost completely for, like, three or four years and uh, rarely had anything other than a little bit of cheese on pizza and, and you know, some Greek yogurt, which doesn't seem to bother me, probably because it's higher protein, less less lactose maybe, which is yeah. sugar. But um, at the end of the day, now when I have ice cream, I really notice a difference because I went so many years with like not having it very often at all. And, uh, and, and so hard, we, we always have ice cream bars in the house from Costco because the kids have them. And there's, for some reason, like I just can't stay out of them. Like I just, <laughs> instead of just having one, I'll have two. And yeah. then I'll feel horrible the next morning. Right. Um, and so, no, like I haven't figured that out. Obviously that's part of the like food addiction or comfort or whatever it is. But the other thing I find that sets it off is, uh, not sleeping enough. Like if I yes. don't sleep well, I am so much more susceptible to making poor decisions when it comes to food, both on the, I'm not going to eat breakfast cause I'm tired and I don't feel like making it. So I'm just not going to eat. And then I'm craving food all day. And definitely when I get home from work that day, I'm going to snack cause I didn't have enough calories during the day mm-hmm. cause I'll still take the small lunch or whatever. And so, you know, those are the, those balance things that you got to figure out. And then I get better at a little bit by a little bit, the more you work on it. But like, yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only one and we're not the only people who have these struggles, I'm sure. And so, so hopefully someone will hear this and realize that they're not the only one too. We can all get together and share tips. But uh, I think for me, like getting a good night's sleep um, and not staying up late. And those are the things that, that make the biggest difference. I feel like because I, I make better decisions when it's not midnight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) one of the things I'm finding at least a little helpful, and I haven't even like done the application part of this yet, is I'm, I've read um, two books. One is James Clear's Atomic Habits, um, which is all about like habit stacking. And so I'm like trying to figure out what what habits can I get rid of um, that you know that need to go. So like, is nine o'clock cereal need to go, or is it something else? Um, for example, uh, and then the power to change by Craig Groeschel, which is just uh, kind of like his own kind of spin on James Clear's book, and so just this um, this idea of trying to find some ways to get rid of bad habits that I have, as well as add new habits, and it's like so small, like they just start really small, like one simple thing that you can change that leads to the next thing, and so that, that what they call habit stacking, and. Uh, so for me, that's kind of the direction I think I'm trying to to get in. I'm not even sure if I've landed on how I want to change those things, but it's really probably going to be like eat an egg for breakfast, like, or have something with my breakfast that adds a little bit more protein to kind of satisfy you through the day a little bit more. Um, sleeping is another thing. Like I agree with you totally make life's awful when you don't get enough sleep, like bad decisions happen all around the board. Let, not just in food when you come to sleeping, but um, yeah. So I think just trying to find some of those little habits to kind of tweak and learn about and try and implement. Um, for me, it's always learning is the easy part. It's the implementation. That's always the hard part for me. And so just trying to find a way to implement something new has been the challenge for all of this, but um, it's not even necessarily if you do it 21 days in a row, you'll, you'll be able to do it. It's changing something in your brain that allows you to see like, this is actually essential. So yeah. So around those things, I think trying to find new ways to blaze a, 
a trail to avoid some of those bad decisions. Because once you make a bad eating decision, you know it right away. You're like, even while you're doing it, you're like, this is such a bad idea right now. Like eating this, like, so dairy is a huge problem for me too. So I look, but I love dairy. So I don't have any lactose problems or anything. I have like a self-control problems. Like I would drink milk <laughs> with every meal. I love cheese. Uh, all those things like super high in fat. Um, and it's just something that I just like, Oh, I just love a cold glass of milk. So I've had, I've reduced that to skim milk, which is basically like white water. Um, but <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> like, like 1% fat or something like that. Um, you know, Brandon, you were the guy that introduced me to a glass of milk with pizza and how wonderful that is. Oh my goodness. So that's, it's just so beautiful. Like it is just a nice balance, but it's like, Hey, let's take all the unhealthy things about pizza and double down on that. And just yeah, add 3.25. Like, 3. Not just not just two percent milk. It was like no def. We got to drink three point two five and have this pizza. Oh man! And it was it was excellent. I like that was that was like my staple for a while. Cold so, milk yeah. and pizza, man, is such a good combo. It is. But it is such yeah. a bad combo in a lot of ways. Um, but it, so as we try and like kind of process this, like we've we've done a few ideas about like what what it means for us, you and I. But we also have the added complication of living with uh, a lot of little girls, um, so our daughters as well, and and understanding that they probably face more pressure around this than you and I can even imagine. Um, so how have you been able to talk about like your weight loss? Because you lost like a bunch of weight. Um, how have you been able to kind of work through? dieting and what that looks like with them and how do you have conversations with them about like body image and what it means to be eating well right. and that kind of thing yeah first and, and as i said earlier if i say something in this this next statement that sends anyone off the deep end i trigger mean you can feel free to trigger yeah, warning. you can feel free to rip me a new one i'm a big boy i can handle it uh if need be um, but you're right. Like there's definitely different pressures. And if you're someone who's thinking about making some life changes and losing some weight and trying to eat differently and stuff, and you think your kids aren't going to notice, let me tell you, they're going to notice mm. and they're going to have a lot of questions or at least my kids did. Right. You know, they certainly noticed that, you know, when we had pizza or when we had, when daddy was, you know, doing keto, uh, he wasn't ever having a bun with his burger. Right. Like they noticed that. I also know how much I enjoy barbecue and burgers, right? Like we have a, a night regularly where I make daddy burgers. They got different sauces and, and eggs in them and onions and all kinds of stuff built right into the burgers. And we barbecue them up and we get the best, most amazing homemade sourdough buns. My wife makes them and we have these massive burgers. But of course, I went through a, a portion of my weight loss journey where I was not eating carbs. And so I did not partake in pizza crust or <laughs> in burgers uh in the traditional way and so your kids definitely notice and so it's been definitely a big conversation for us because we have five girls and of course you don't want to say the wrong things about body image and body mm -hmm. positivity and you want them to understand you know why dad is trying to make these changes with without using the wrong language and so um it was a topic of conversation that my wife and I had on a regular basis because I would often use the wrong language and then be told afterwards <laughs> I was using the wrong language. And, <laughs> and so it was a learning process for sure. And, uh, 
and it's gotten easier. The more, like, like anything, the more you talk about it as a family and admit that you don't know everything and you don't, you know, it's different for men than it is for women. Like in a lot of ways, it definitely is. Um, it's definitely different for me to like, you know, find progress lifting weights and be able to build muscle. Obviously some women wouldn't do that as quickly. And so, you know, those types of conversations have definitely come up the difference between male and female and, and uh, what that constitute as far as weight loss and the need for more protein in your diet and so on and so forth. And so I think just being open and honest about it Mm -hmm. um, has made a huge difference in that. um, Yeah. Dad's a bigger guy, but he can also run, you know, half marathon and a lot of smaller people maybe can't do that. So it's not always about the size of your body or about what you look like. It's about cardiovascular health. And so mm-hmm. I'm doing these things, not necessarily to, I mean, deep in my mind, I have it set that I'm going to look great someday and whatever, <laughs> you know, but that's just because I watch way too much Instagram and YouTube and those like, you know, guys that have you know, clearly had work done because I can bench press as much as them, but I don't look like them. So clearly they've done something different, but, um, but yeah, like, you know, having the conversation around the fact that we're doing this for cardiovascular heart health, not necessarily to look like the model on the side of the road who probably can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, same with lifting weights. Like, yeah, we're doing this to make sure our bones stay strong and our muscles are strong so that we can live a happy life and yeah. be healthy, not so that we can you know, flex on stage like Mr. Olympia, whom my daughters all think are gross, by the way. Yeah. Like, that's weird. <laughs> I think he looks, I think it looks really cool. I wish I could be Chris Brunstad, but I'm not. And, uh, and so, yeah, like they see me watching all this stuff on YouTube and they're like, you, you work out hard, daddy. You don't look like that. And so it leaves an opportunity <laughs> to talk about how it's not all about how you look. It's about your health and your, and your heart health. And so I feel like for us, that was kind of the ticket to explaining the difference between physical appearance when you're working out and why you're making some of these decisions and the real reason why you should be going for runs and having activity in your life and eating healthy is so you don't have a heart attack or diabetes or other things early in life that maybe you could have prevented if you just had eaten a little healthier. And so, you know, that's a big thing for us and our family is that that spin on it. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, you know, we can communicate that through this podcast and stuff and, and really help people try to see that, you know, I'm a big guy and, and that doesn't stop me in, in everything that I do. I certainly could run faster. I'm sure if I was a little smaller, but uh, be better, better chance of getting six hour 50 K coming up soon. But, uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, um, that's been our message to our daughters is that we do this to be healthy. And if you don't like running then bike, if you don't like biking, swim if you don't like swimming do something else you know play hockey play whatever it might be but just be active in in your lifestyle and so that's been the the ticket for us yeah and i think that's been kind of a a similar messaging from our side i don't know if natalie and i have ever intentionally talked about it per se but she does more of these conversations than i do uh, because i'm like you i'm not quite as sensitive to a lot of those things all the time. But one of the things we do try and say, and one of the things I've tried to say is that, you know, healthy bodies are what's most important. And so that's what we want you to aim for. And just to really kind of speak, um, just encouragement and affirmation to them, um, just to make sure that they understand that they're hearing positive messaging around their own self identity and self image. I mean, 
and creating kind of that healthy narrative. Um, because you and I, we've had conversations about this before, like some of our own self-talk around a weight loss has not been always positive. Um, and even just the battle with looking at the scale, you know, just like that daily grind is, is a struggle. So just trying to make them feel more comfortable in their own skin. I think that's kind of what, what our takeaway is, is like, let's try and make you feel comfortable in your skin, no matter what that skin looks like, obviously emphasizing healthy meals and all that kind of stuff. But I think at the core of it, it needs to be a heart issue and just trying to speak to their hearts a little bit more so that they know, you know, we want you to be, we want you to be all that, to be all that you can be to use the, you know, the slogan and in the uh, army. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. my kids. In the think, army. That'd be something else. <laughs> that'd be something. Eh? Yeah, for sure. It's funny. You mentioned the scale too. Cause like, you know, it, it maybe depends on how the age of your kids and, and when they notice or how extreme you go about it too. I went pretty extreme. And so maybe my kids noticed it more than, than maybe yours do. But cause I did a lot of things that probably weren't healthy in the outset of, of trying to lose some weight. But, um, you know, we even not so much make a rule, but we would never get our kids on a scale. Yeah. Adults can get on scales. That's fine. You know, like I need to, in some ways it's a motivational piece for myself, but yeah, I don't make a big deal of it in front of my kids. And uh, we keep it in our bathroom, in our bedroom, and uh, they don't need that, right? So that's another thing. Like, just make it about with your kids, like you said, about being healthy and Mm. being active. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about the rest of the stuff because everyone's going to have a different uh, body composition or whatever you want to call it. But you just, you know, you can be healthy in many different ways. But I I think that it's important, too, to have that discussion maybe when they're older, you know, and, and more able and secure in their own image to to have it because part of me wishes at some point when I got as big as I did, like I laugh and joke now. And I say like, people are more concerned about me hurting my back bent, you know, uh, squatting (laughs) than they were about me eating two 12 inch pizzas and a four two four liters of Coke in one evening, <laughs> like trying to give myself a heart attack. Well, not trying to, but that was the reality. No one it. ever said to me, it sat me down and was like, Jeff, you know, you're going to hurt yourself doing this. Um, and I wish they had in a lot of ways. And yet I've had multiple people sit me down literally and be like, listen, man, like, you know, I'm not so sure how I feel about this squat rack and you're, and you're going to hurt your back and you're not going to be able to walk and you're going to cripple yourself. And, you know, when you're out there on your bike, like you could get hit by a car when you do those long rides of 50 and 100 kilometers. Like that's just not safe. And mm-hmm. yet, you know, being at high risk of heart attack um, at 370 pounds or whatever it ended up being um, was not a second thought to people. Right. So yeah. I think yeah. there's a place and a time for those types of conversations. Um just obviously not with young children. Yeah. And I, and like I said, like, I think, you know, once they're like going through like puberty and all that kind of stuff, when, when girls are like, then they're 12 and 13, like it's their bodies to go through crazy changes and like, you don't know where all that's going to land. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's really important just to kind of encourage, at least I feel anyway, what do I know? I'm, I'm just a dad trying to figure this all out, but just to kind of encourage them and support them as they kind of go through these changes. And, and I know they feel awkward or whatever, but just to kind of give them that, that affirmation that they're loved and that they're beautiful, no matter what they're going through and what they look like and and that kind of thing. So it's not always perfect, but it is like a, 
a chance to have a good discussion about what's important and, and really what, what it means. So it is anyway. the good part about being a dad with all daughters, though, because your wife gets to deal with most of well, that. I try, I try and do my part, but it, I really don't know. It's like talking another language. Like I don't know right. what, what they're saying and what they're what they're talking about. But it's probably yeah. best if our part is reduced, Brandon. I'd it probably is. For leave, the... it, leave it. We'll leave it at that, right? You know, we've talked. We've now shared as much as we know on this subject and we really should move on before we anger someone because that's right. <laughs> you know, I've said my piece probably already angered someone. I'm used to that. It happens regularly, but uh, anyway, that's, I agree a, with you. Do you have a good honest. lawyer? Do you have good lawyer representation, Jeff? <laughs> in case we get into some sort of uh, hot waters. Yeah. I could find a client who could help us out. Yeah. I, I think I've got one, but I don't know if they're into criminal law. They're more business law, but whatever. <laughs> Technically, that would be the same. Anyway, uh, that kind of wraps up our episode today. And uh, we hope that you've been able to enjoy it. Um, and please, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we, Jeff and I uh, don't pretend to have all the answers. Uh, sometimes we do, but not today. And it's one of those things we'd love to hear from you. So please reach out. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram. Um, Chase, the Chasing Trails podcast is uh, our handle there on Instagram, or you can reach out to Jeff and I personally uh at at jeffrey leblanc and at brandon sc thompson and uh, we'd love to continue the conversation there um and if you enjoyed listening to our podcast we just want to encourage you to like and review uh leave those stars i think we're up to 19 19 reviews now which is a really positive yeah. thing and uh, yeah so we're thank almost you. to 100 followers on instagram that's uh that's grown faster than I thought because I don't have a hundred friends. So uh <laughs> I know it's not just them. So at the end of the day, uh thank you for following us on Instagram, but also tell your friends and and uh yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed getting to know Brandon and I and our struggles a little more. Maybe we've bored you to death. But the good news is is after this episode we have an interview coming with Mark McGoglin. So uh you won't always be just us boring you and uh so stay tuned. If you've made it through this episode, the next one should be even better. That's right. That's right. Uh, we're the we're the vegetables to our uh, guest, the dessert. You know, so uh, today's a today's a full vegetarian meal today. So hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, we will uh, talk to you soon. And in the meantime, keep chasing the trails, everyone. One, two. Three.